Hi everyone, thank you for listening to my uh, podcast, watching my videos. And again, I have an, an amazing uh, entrepreneur with us or a businessman. And he is from my own originality, Indian. And it's amazing to see people like him growing so well. And he is a biggest, I would say, motivation for anybody who comes with a migrant, migrant with a dream. So hi, Samir, Samir Handa, and an entrepreneur. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, uh, Harshmin. Thanks for having me on uh, this platform. But yeah, now it's a beautiful day here in Auckland and just having celebrated Diwali yesterday, I'm feeling really good. Oh, same here. I did celebrate the lockdown Diwali. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Different yeah. Diwali from the previous years. Yeah, we couldn't have families around though. Just yeah. few people around. Yeah, yeah, it was very different not having to meet friends and have party with them and all those sort of things. But I guess, yeah, we are getting used to the new world now. So yeah, here, here you go. That's, that's the thing. So Samir, uh, how's everything else going? Uh, before we start on those things, I would love to ask who is Samir Handa? When did you arrive to New Zealand and what was your background with studies and everything? And how did you end up being into business? Uh, to give you a bit of a background, I am from uh, Delhi in India. I was born, brought up in New Delhi. Mm -hmm. And I did all my schooling and uh, my university bachelor degree. Uh, I studied my mechanical engineering from uh, Delhi College of Engineering. And after my engineering, I worked in Delhi for three years in the air conditioning industry. And then at the age of 24, I left India and for the greener pastures, as I say, to explore the world, to see what is out there outside India. So my first stop was Middle East. I mm -hmm. had a job offer to go and work in Muscat in Oman. Mm -hmm. uh, same again in the air conditioning field, which I had some experience of. And I stayed in Muscat for two years, really enjoyed, uh, really enjoyed making money and not having to pay any tax. But uh, yeah, I was still single and realized Middle East is not the best place for single people. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, then in fact, I was also looking at advancing my career as well. I didn't want to remain an engineer all my life. Mm -hmm. So I decided to do MBA and um, yeah, I sat in GMAT exams and applied and got admission into University of Sydney. So I ended up in this part of the world in Australia to do my MBA. And while uh, studying MBA, then I did all kinds of odd jobs, like we all students are used to what we do when we are studying in a new country, mm -hmm. trying to support ourselves. So yeah, I did gardening, uh, labor work, babysitting, kitchen hand, all kinds of different things too, which was really good to get experience of uh, how the life is in this part of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, after finishing my MBA in Sydney, I had the opportunity to go and work in Fiji as an expert for uh, three years. Mm -hmm. So, which was not in air conditioning, that was in a different uh, FMCG industry where I was looking after a lot of factories, um, making edible oils, tea, uh, soaps, detergents, spices, all kinds of different food items. And after three years in Fiji, then I thought I'm ready to move to Auckland. So it was 26 years ago, I moved here with my wife. And uh, yeah, last 26 years, Auckland has been home. Now I have two beautiful children, both born here, boy and a girl. Mm -hmm. 
And after coming to New Zealand, I started with the refrigeration company as a sales marketing manager. Mm -hmm. And then in the first four years, I had four promotions in that company and I became a CEO of the company within four years. Wow. And then uh, another 20 years, I remained in the company as a CEO where during that time, I expanded the business into a multinational business. Uh, we opened up many offices in Australia. I opened a few joint ventures in Australia. Uh, acquired a few businesses in Australia to expand and grow. Mm -hmm. uh, then we set up a factory in Thailand to mm -hmm. look after the Asian market, uh, then set up some sales offices in India, mm -hmm. uh, then also set up a distributor in uh, Dubai to look after the Middle East and Africa market. So, so by the time I finished with that company, we were running a little multinational company. Mm -hmm. um, um, I think we were having about 300 staff. So yeah, no, I finished that role in about 2017, four years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, last four years, I have become more of a investor. I'm investing in many businesses, investing in quite a few startups. And mm -hmm. also I'm on the board of a few companies as well. So yeah, all that keeps me busy now. That's good. So what kind of businesses are you investing at the moment? Uh, I have uh, three businesses which are uh, actively operating. One of them is the importing wholesaling business where we import and sell lighting products, mm -hmm. uh, air conditioning products, some smart furniture products. So a lot of these items we import and sell them through the likes of Mitre 10s, electrical wholesalers, those sort of things. Plus we export these items to all the Pacific Island countries as well. Mm -hmm. So this is almost a 20 year old business, but I uh, took over 100% of this business about three years ago. Mm -hmm. Then I have another construction business with a partner where we build petrol pumps. Mm -hmm. uh, we are building quite a few for Gull at the moment. Plus we also build for some private investors whether it's mobile or girl or whatever brand. Uh, that business has been going on for also about three years, doing really well. Mm -hmm. And third business I have invested in with a partner is the, the gym business. So we own a few outlets of Anytime Fitness. We oh. are not, we're not in Hamilton yet, but we got three outlets in Auckland. Good to know. And um, besides these operational businesses, I have invested in a few startups. One of them is called mynzuni.com, which is helping students to come to New Zealand to study from overseas, provides mm -hmm. them a, this provides them an independent platform where they can pick and choose the university, the course they want to do. Yep. And this, this startup is likely to go global very soon uh, where you will be, or other students from around the world will be pick and choose any university anywhere in the world. So yeah, things like that uh, going on. Wow. It's like you're covering everything. Uh, yeah, yeah. Diversification is the name of the game. So <laughs> Yes, true. That's the thing. But when, uh, you know, uh, I, have, I know so many business owners, some people just invest their money in one business. What is, why is it important for you to invest, you know, in different, different businesses? Because I also in, emphasize to other people to don't put your fees in one pot. 
but what do you what you have on those kind of you know business owners what should they be doing uh, i guess it comes down to your own individual uh, comfort level and your knowledge and experience of various industries or where you feel comfortable but for me um, um been in one industry for a long time like refrigeration air conditioning i spent almost 25 years in that industry but i'm quite enjoying the variety of having to learn different industries so that's why i'm sort of working with the partners uh, having some you know other partner to take the lead and i'm sort of more on the background more on the strategy of the business and the governance of the business rather than hands on running the business myself mm-hmm. uh, but diversification really i enjoy that which gives me opportunity to learn new things meet new people like some of the charity boards i am on uh, one of them is auckland health foundation mm-hmm. where we raise uh, money for the auckland hospital to do research and training and other areas where we don't get funding from the government mm-hmm. so yeah with the involvement there i'm learning a lot more about health industry which i didn't know earlier so yeah just i think up to up to people but the really key thing is to be out there see what else is out there in the in the world besides your own industry and yeah um, i've got a very curious mind so i'm always keen to learn new things so i keep lo- looking at different, <laughs> different areas to invest and different areas to work in yeah i am also of the same uh, same i think mindset uh so what when you started the the journey of being into business what was the you know struggles and rejections and what was in your mind going on when you were thinking oh let let me start become a business owner now what was all things you've been through um yeah to tell you the truth i don't think there's been uh, too many difficulties especially mm-hmm. doing business in new zealand as everybody knows it's the easiest place on planet earth to do business <laughs> we are number one in ease of doing business so and having worked here for a number of years i sort of knew how the things work um, yeah what works and what doesn't work so when i started my own it wasn't all that difficult but one thing i do realize and i have noticed over the years even when i was buying other businesses and uh, opening new business businesses for my previous work uh, the people whom you rely on and think are going to help and support you in a new business usually don't and the ones who you never thought are going to help they end up helping you a lot so this <laughs> i have heard from others a lot of times but i have experienced it myself also several times that is really amazing that you know people out of nowhere come and help and support you and the ones you thought are going to they just disappear slowly so yeah, <laughs> that's very interesting part of doing a new business that's true and i also see you are also part of indian council Uh, yes i've been on the board of india new zealand business council for a number of years in fact i've been the chairman for last two and a half three years i just stepped down from that role because as per the constitution we keep rotating our chair position every two three years mm-hmm. so but now that's been very good in trying to promote the trade relations between india and new zealand yes as a part of that i had the privilege of traveling to india a couple of times with the previous prime minister on business delegations uh, been involved with the trade negotiations whenever 
we had a trade negotiation team go to India or the Indian team comes over here. So we, we've been uh, hosting them at the council. Also, when we have uh, business delegations go over to India or Indian delegations come over here, as part of the council, we host them and also give them opportunity to network with the local businesses. So yeah, that's been uh, another good area because I did a lot of that work when I set up a sales offices for my own business previously. Mm -hmm. uh, so I, I knew all the steps I had to take and all the struggles I had to go through to do business in India or with India. Yes. All being an Indian was an advantage, but I tell you it wasn't any easier <laughs> because since I left India again, going back 20 years later to do business, everything in India had changed. So, yes. uh, so having done that myself, uh, I thought it's uh, something I can share with other Kiwi businesses who are looking at India as a potential market for either selling goods or buying their goods from. So, yeah. Yeah, that's what I've been doing, uh, Yeah, working with a lot of Kiwi businesses and vice versa. Indian businesses trying to come into New Zealand as well. Yes, and I and then there is this deal going like negotiations are going on between India and uh, New Zealand for free trade, and it's been more than ten years now. What do you think about that? Are they going to say yes someday, or do you think it's going to go a long way now? Yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I think after ten years of negotiations, that has all come to a halt, and that's been put put on the put on the hold, I think. So now we are not looking at that anymore. Even India made it clear they are not doing one-on-one -on -one, um, kind of uh, these uh, agreements anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, but I think we're looking at the collective uh, once we are in a bunch of countries are trying to do. Uh, recently, we signed up for RCEP uh, agreement where India was supposed to be part of that, but then they pulled out at the last moment. So that's something we're looking at with India, may come back and join again, uh, uh, let's see. But I think the message we give to all the businesses at the moment in New Zealand is don't wait for uh, uh, the free trade agreement, just carry on doing your business uh, in, in spite of high barriers or trade tariffs in India, you still can sell your product because our products sell at a premium price anywhere around the world. So we are not competing on the price, we're competing on quality and so yeah, we business people are still carrying on doing the business anyway. Yes, and I and I have even read something recently was signed up. I don't remember, but Sandeep Sharma updated it on his on his LinkedIn about this. Uh, something related to Indian Council and New Zealand. Uh, I think there are many individual one-on-one uh, -on -one, uh, agreements are going on. There was one recently done by IIT uh, with uh, some research institute. And, yeah, there are several one-on-one -on -one between a body in India and body in uh, New Zealand doing those kind of agreements. And that, that's what the message is uh, for the business industry, not to wait for the governments to uh, you know, do an agreement for us. Let's uh, get on and let's do our own um, agreements with the, our counterparties in India at a state level, rather than worrying about doing something at the national level. Yeah. Uh, let's, yeah. do, let's do whatever we can and uh, yeah, keep, keep the business going. And government will come and join when they're ready. True. I totally agree. I don't wait for somebody to do it when I can do it myself. 
absolutely and again business people understand that i mean it would be good if the barriers were reduced in terms of tariffs but at the same time yeah not a bad time to just get yourself established because it takes a long time to get attraction in a big market like india so yeah sooner you start and whenever uh, governments come to an agreement on the free trade it will be easier because you already there you already have a setup and all that so yeah and many businesses are doing quite well in india uh, kiwi companies so they they take on a long term view and long term approach and set up their factories or offices and local representation there on the ground so yeah it's that's the way to go yeah that's so true i agree on that part and when uh, you were also telling me that while you were uh, the ceo of that reproduction company you were actually setting up offices in different different countries so what do you think is uh, is it easy to work in new zealand or is it easy to work in all, all of those countries which one is the best and if we think about uh, you know starting another business overseas which country do you think would be amazing for any kiwi to invest Oh, lot of questions in there. So let me see if I can answer one by one. So for <laughs> me, for me, after having traveled the number of countries I have traveled around the world, I personally found there's no better place than New Zealand to live. So yeah, that was uh, the given that I wasn't gonna move anywhere else. So I had to stay here. So accordingly, I built up the infrastructure around me in that way. So. even when we expanded and grew to many countries we kept our main head office in auckland so mm-hmm. i could i could stay home because i was spending enough time in uh, airlines and the hotels traveling anyway but yeah i didn't want to move my place of residence we did think about moving to sydney many times because mm-hmm. the business i was looking after we had a much bigger business in australia than new zealand mm-hmm. uh, so there was a thought which crossed my mind that maybe i should be based myself uh, in australia somewhere and probably sydney because i have lived in sydney before and i knew my way around in sydney but always a thought of uh, staying where i would love to stay in sydney which is on the east coast uh, and my office was in parramatta which is about one and a half hour drive rather than doing that 3 hour commute every day in sydney i thought i can fly to sydney in that much time so there it was easy, easy decision for me to stay in auckland rather than go to sydney um uh, what else uh, which country is best to invest yeah i think all depends on your personal ambition and goal how big you want to grow or you know yeah so i guess a lot of typical kiwi companies again it comes down to your comfort level as well so i think a lot of kiwi companies feel comfortable expanding to australia and then maybe uk or us uh, i think advantage being english speaking countries or whatever but lately we have seen a lot of kiwi companies have gone to china mm-hmm. and we are doing a lot of trade with china so compared to that india could be easier in terms of language and you know being commonwealth and lot more things common than china but yeah the people find it quite difficult in uh, india to do business uh, for some reason again as i said comes down to your comfort level but the beauty is at the moment we got such a big indian diaspora living here in new zealand so even if a kiwi company wants to go to india they can always take a help of a some indian person locally uh, you know either as an employee or a, or as an advisor or consultant or whatever 
but yeah, having um, and you will appreciate that um, knowing people in India or having connections in India certainly helps in uh, getting over the barriers to get the relationship uh, established. So it is uh, uh, India is a very much relationship based uh, business uh, market, whereas uh, many other markets are more like transactional um, business activity. So. Yeah. In India, to do business, you need to spend a fair bit of time in making that relationship. But if you know some people who may already have those relationships, yeah, it can be fast-tracked that way. Yes, that's true. I totally agree with that. And does uh, uh, the council, Indian New Zealand Council, help with that? Uh, yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, we provide definitely a platform for people to connect and uh, meet each other from either side of the world. And as I said, through business delegations, a lot of companies travel here or TV companies travel there. We help them in connecting with the, their counterparts on the other markets. At the same time, uh, we also, uh, from New Zealand perspective, we have our uh, high commission in Delhi and our uh, trade office in Mumbai there. Mm -hmm. We work closely with them as well. Uh, they, they are a good point of contact and source uh, for Kiwi companies going into India. And vice versa, we work very closely with Indian High Commission and Council, uh, Honorary Council Office here in Auckland as well from Indian perspective. So yeah, when Indian companies are coming here, they get some help from these bodies over here as well. But yeah, now we are uh, at the Council, we are recognized by both the governments. So we play a crucial role in uh, yeah, focusing, connecting businesses to businesses. That's true. And uh, was it ever hard for you to do business in New Zealand with other uh, Kiwi people or any kind of other people? Like, you know, we as we live in a country, we do face racism. What do you think about that? Have you ever faced any kind of problems? Um. Maybe it's my good luck or good looks. I don't know. I <laughs> I never never really had that uh, racism issue. But to tell you the truth, mm -hmm. and also probably, yeah. No, I don't know. I can't pinpoint the reason why. But yeah, no. I think some of that also comes from what is in your own mind as well. I never felt I'm any different because, yeah, having uh, you know tra traveled and lived in many countries before I came here. Um, also having spent a couple of years in Sydney uh, and I'm also not married to Indian. My wife is Mexican so we and both my kids born in New Zealand so we are a multinational family anyway. Yeah. So yeah from, from me my thinking is I'm a global citizen. I never think about you know who's Kiwi and who's Australian and who's what. I mean everybody's a human being and we are all same, we all have our strengths, we all have our weaknesses, and yeah, you deal with people, uh, you know, with respect and integrity, and yeah, I, I haven't found too many issues from that aspect. And do you get overwhelmed because you have construction business, then there are petrol, uh, petrol stations that you're building, then you have gyms, and then you have refrigeration company. You get overwhelmed with all of this work, or do you have good team management or what it is which helps you keep going easily yeah i'm a very easy going person so yeah i think even sometimes my wife reminds me after 28 years of marriage she's never seen me stressed so, <laughs> really 
yeah yeah no i don't get uh, angry very easily i don't get overwhelmed i think it's all again uh, your state of mind uh, how you how you handle things so even sometimes i laugh when people say they're getting stressed at small small things and yeah coming from india as you'll appreciate i mean you know our daily lives over there are full of stress <laughs> tell me about it <laughs> the definition of stress here is very different so now from that perspective i'm quite lucky and the fact i'm also very good in delegating which is an art which not a lot of people do successfully so since i had to run a very big business and uh, yeah i uh, learned that art of delegating very quickly so Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I don't do hell of a lot myself. In fact, now I still have a lot of spare time in a in a day, in spite of all what you see. But yeah, now it's all, yeah, working working closely with people and then uh, empowering them to do the work. You just uh, guide them. I mean, especially at stage where I am, I yeah, I'm good in guiding people rather than doing the stuff myself. Yeah. And do you travel a lot still because of work or no? uh yeah i mean uh, leaving these two years aside of covid until 2019 yeah i was still traveling um, around five to six months of the year every year uh, out mm-hmm. of often yeah so in last 10 12 years i've done a hell of a lot of traveling uh, yeah all around the world five six months of the year so seen seen a lot of places met a lot of interesting people during that time yeah and uh, what uh, so during covid does your business get affected was it bad and how did you dealt with those situations uh you asking in relation to not being able to travel you mean yeah in terms of travel as well as covid has actually slowed down a lot of businesses yeah yeah covid has caused its own uh, issues in terms of uh, you know delays in getting products supply chain has been disrupted yeah a lot of markets have been closed at different times so you know you can't sell much to them because they're closed so all those issues have been there but the traveling part i am actually quite enjoying not having to travel <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've done so much traveling i'm really enjoying the break and i think the good part of that is earlier some of the times we had to travel because it was expected of us for uh-huh. be- being in a role or in a position where you are you have to go and meet people or suppliers or or go to trade exhibitions but now good thing is nobody is expecting that of you because they know you can't Yeah. So when there, when there's no expectation then quite easily you can just not worry about going anywhere so that part i'm really enjoying just having to stay at home and spending a lot more time with the family and and friends as in when we can <laughs> yeah yeah so, so you're yeah. still having a lot of uh, zoom meetings and so uh, zoom parties as well now during the lockdown Yeah, yeah, we doing a lot of Zoom meetings, of course, but uh, not not so much parties. I don't enjoy Zoom parties. I <laughs> I like uh, yeah, socials face to face. There's no fun in uh, having cheers on on a screen. It's not. <laughs> so yeah, social life is the one which is affected the most. Yeah. But business wise, uh, yeah, no, I think we are doing the best we can, and uh, yeah, there are some issues which are not. only for us they are pretty big issues global issues uh, which which are for everybody we can't do much about that and so any so there are so many people coming all over from the world to new zealand or as an indian what kind of advice would you give to any international students coming here with a dream or they think sometimes they show oh i 
uh, first day they enter, they're like buying a big car, investing into a new iPhone and stuff like that. What kind of advice would you give to those kind of international students? Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> because you were an international student one time. Yeah, yeah, no, I think uh, definitely I would say in New Zealand, I have found it very good and easy to be successful. And I think one thing I found it, it is very uh, transparent society and also what you put in, uh, you can see the output in the same proportion. Mm -hmm. Harder you work, more effort you put in, you can get rewarded for it. Uh, so this is something different from, for example, India, where sometimes you're trying to do all the hard work and somebody else takes the benefit or advantage of your hard work. Right? So in that regard, I found New Zealand to be very systematic here. Uh, you know, your reward is proportional to your own uh, uh, input. So that way, if you are sincere and hardworking and honest and, you know, I'll do all the right things, and think long-term that, you know, you want to be a citizen of this country, you want to contribute to the local economy, you want to be a part of the society, then I think you can achieve all those things here. But some people I notice they come with a short-term view that, you know, taking all the shortcuts to make some quick money or then, you know, run away, that's a different approach. I don't uh, support that kind of approach, but if you mm -hmm. have a long-term view of settling here and making a you know life here for you and your family then do the right thing and uh, yeah be honest about it and yeah i think you can be successful this place is full of opportunities yeah, absolutely full of opportunities so uh, agreeable and i'm I, I can say because i'm also in that kind of position where i know i have achieved a lot and i can achieve more with the time and effort that i'm putting at the moment uh, last question. Mm -hmm. uh, so when you are running a business and you have some troubles and all of those things put aside, what is the thing that you do that keeps you going all the time? Maybe a self-care routine or something which keeps you away from work for a day or something? Um, I don't think I fully understood your question, but I would say one thing uh, I have found in business or various businesses I've been involved with, surrounding yourself with a good bunch of people is the key. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely the key for uh, having a successful business is you need to have a A1 team uh, around you. So sometimes it's not easy and uh, sometimes it takes time to build up that team, but I think that's what you need to do is build up a good team of people around you with whom you can delegate them work, you can trust them, you can you know, freely have an open conversation with them. And at the same time, be open about sharing their rewards with them as well. Yeah. So if you, yeah, if you have a good team around you, I think, yeah, nothing is impossible. So I just want to, uh, the question I just wanted to say is, what do you do uh, for your self-care? What do you do? Like, I do for, like for me, I do boxing to keep my mind go, like, you know, away from stress? What is your stress buster? Well, yeah, no, I, I like walking as well. So yeah, whenever I'm thinking about the younger days when I had exams and, you know, a lot of stressful times in India. Yeah, when my mind is full of too many things, I normally go for a long walk and 
I go for a walk by myself, not with anybody else. Yes. That is that is my way of clearing my mind when I can talk to myself and think about things and put them in a priority list and solve them in a simple way rather than having a big cloud of thousands of things flowing in your mind. Yeah, no, that is the way. But otherwise, for relaxing and all that these days under COVID, all we can do is, uh, yeah, sit on a lazy boy and watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the thing. And lastly, uh, what are the five takeaways I can take away from San Samir Handa? What kind of things you follow which which keeps you motivated or you, I would say keeps you going all the time? Any kind of teachings? Um, I think I can just only talk from my own personal experience. The first thing I would say is... Uh, stay curious, always mm -hmm. uh, open to learning new things. Uh, secondly, I would say be people's person. Uh, I mean, end of the day, people are everything in life. I mean, it could be any business of any kind, but unless you know how to get along with people, uh, yeah, you, you can't succeed. So working with people is the key. Thirdly, as I mentioned, just uh, basic uh, values in life, you know, honesty, integrity, being transparent. I mean, that's why I never have any issue sleeping at night because I keep my conscience clear all the time. So don't do anything which uh, may not let you sleep at night. Uh, but other than that, yeah, uh, you know, be, be ambitious and stay focused. And as I said, this place is a wonderful place. It's a heaven on earth. So you, in New Zealand, you can achieve whatever you set your mind to. It land is full of opportunities. Yes. Thank you so much, Samir, today uh, for your time. And amazing, I would say you are amazing as a person and a big inspiration, it's specifically to uh, people like me. Um, you inspired me a lot. First time I read your article in uh, Indian Weekender, and I was a fan of you. And I looked for your number and everything to get in touch with you. And I got in touch with you on LinkedIn. And since then, I have been, you know, following your following you. And it was a dream come true as well to interview you and talk about your business and talk about your journey so far. So thank you for your time again. Oh, it's always a pleasure, Harshman. Yeah, I remember when you chased me down and came from Hamilton to meet me in Auckland. Yes, so, yeah. But now it's really good to see that you are growing in your own way. Yeah. And I, I always uh, get a lot of pleasure when I see other migrants, especially from India, when they come and do well and uh, make, make us all proud. Uh, that, that's what we like to see. Thank you yeah. very much. Thank you. And you have a wonderful day. For, uh, for And thank you again for your time. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.